Um, before we get to the show, we got a major announcement, girl. Major announcement. I want to do the talking. All right, please, please. Take it away. All right. We got merch. Okay? Yeah, we got merch. You guys, we got, we got merch. merch. So head on over to our website. What is our website? Do we have a website? What is it? Uh, Patrick and Ellen? No, it's disappearedpod.com. Click on the shop. I believe it's click on shop. Yeah, shop. And you want to shop. We have fake gift shop shirts, guys. We got like yeah. Seminole, Breckenridge, Daytona. Then we have a whole line of Down Bitch University. We've got joggers. Yes. We've got hoodies. We've got shirts. We've got phone cases. We've got bags. We've got hats. Mugs. What? Mugs. I said I was doing this. Okay. But wait, tell them how hot the models are. Well, the models are me and you, babe. <laughs> yeah. You guys, we did a photo shoot at my house, and Steve did all the pictures on his iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, it's 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 real bare bones over here at the Obsessed yeah. Network, but we mean well, and we love it. It's all super high quality. We worked really hard with our designs. No, 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 no. You worked really Aww. hard. Look, take the credit. Ellen is the brainchild behind the merch. They're sexy, but they're also comfortable, and they're also, like, not sexy. They're just, like, wear around the house or, like, wear out on a date or wear with your down bitches. The stuff is really, really, really cool. We really tried to get something for everyone, and I flew out to L.A. to touch the stuff. I was like, I want to touch it. It's true. I want to touch She went out to do, like, a quality check in Los <laughs> Angeles. <laughs> we are so proud of it, and we love that you guys wanted some merch. So just so you guys know, the shop is only open through this weekend. So if you are listening to yes. this episode, you have three through the weekend, and then we are closing up shop. Yeah, so that's it. Disappearedpod.com. Click on shop and go get your merch. And then take pictures and tag us because we want to see you all <laughs> in your Down Bitch University duds. All right, we're getting into the show. Love you. All right, bye. I was supposed to go to the gym today, and then I didn't, but I didn't shower. So uh-huh. then I went home and showered so I wouldn't stink up the booth when I was in it with you. Because I'm considerate, and I also don't burp in here. Okay. First of all, you said so many words in a very, very long sequence that I have a lot to catch up on. One, of, First of all, yeah. that's nothing that you shouldn't do. That's common courtesy. Boys stink. Boys are disgusting. Boys have hair in places that they shouldn't. Okay? Uh, okay. We already know that. Number four. Am I on four? Who's to say? I don't burp in here. Why do you keep telling people that one time I had a bubbly and things went a little wry? And you have been giving me side eye ever since. Okay. Good God. Hi, Ellen Mars. Well, I guess this is where we're starting, Patricia. Oh. We're starting at a 10. <laughs> I got some words on this episode. We're starting at a 10, everyone. Yeah, there really is nowhere to go but up from a 10 with this one. Up or, or, or down, depending yeah. on your perspective, but yes. But So before we get there, you guys, quick reminder, join us on the Patreon. Every month, you get three full ad-free bonus episodes to download and binge right the second. There's like 20 or 30 of them on there already. There's like 45, you guys. He doesn't pay attention to Tell anything them what that we, we do. What, what are we starting with? What are we recording right after this? You guys, little surprise. By the time you hear this, we might have announced it, but who knows? Who knows? We're going to do Who the Bleep Did I Marry? I never even heard of this we show. We had so many uh, recommendations, so many asks for this show. And to be honest, we needed a little break from Evil Lips yeah. here. Okay? <laughs> Mama needed to put her narcissistic abuse hat off yeah, for yeah, a yeah. second yeah. and talk about some crazy shit. So it's Who the Bleep Did I Marry? Yeah, the first one is Bananas. They're all crazy. Everything in this world is nuts. Well, I mean, if there weren't crazy people, we would be out of a job. That's true. Which is fine. <laughs> Which is fine. People could stand to be a little less crazy. Totally. Not you and me. You know what? I would just go and make my Golden Girls podcast. If everyone stopped murdering and stopped being crazy and stopped disappearing for no reason, I would get to finally make my Golden Girls Aww, podcast. Oh, that would actually be really cute. <laughs> All right, 
right, you guys. Season 5, episode 13, it's called Too Young for Love, tells the story of the disappearance of Chioma Gray. When Chioma Gray attracts the attention of a 20-year-old man, her mother is not pleased. I called and I asked him to please leave my daughter alone. My daughter is only 14 years old. You are an adult. But the couple gets intimate, and Chioma's mother presses charges. We conducted an investigation into that allegation, and we found it to be true. Just six months later, Chioma disappears. Did the same man take her across the border to Mexico? I felt as if my life had ended, that it was over. And when the burned body of an African-American girl turns up in a Mexican border town, investigators fear the worst. It matched in age, matched in ethnicity, matched in facial structure. I'm just saying, you guys, first of all, we learned that this young girl is 14 years old. Before we even know what is happening in this episode, my heart is broken. Yeah. 14. I don't like saying this because I don't like women to be identified this way, but how beautiful is this girl? Yeah, she's very beautiful. And I hate saying that. Just let me tell you that. It's just like you, sometimes you just look at people's faces and anyway. Yeah. So immediately we meet the down bitch of the episode. We meet down bitch Mama Francine and down bitch Mama Francine is telling us all about her daughter Chioma, all the things you want to hear, but the favorite thing that she says her grade point average was pretty high and I was like listen Mama Francine I am with you how can you keep track of those numbers 3.67 3.46 like the fuck are you smart or are I you know. stick Cheerios you up know, your nose when I took the SATs I was like I'll get like a 1200 or a 1300 on the SATs I didn't break a thousand really I got like 972 I don't get it but Mama Francine was a, she's like she was good I'm totally with her so Chioma is she's 14 again she's a student at Buena High in Ventura California And we meet more members of her family. We meet her brother, Paul. They're super close. Chioma and Francine, the mom, are also super close. And she's just a great kid. They spend like five minutes being like, she never misses school. She doesn't do drugs and she doesn't drink liquor. And and she says... (laughs) That's kind of the Mama Francine's checklist. Yep, no drugs. (laughs) Yeah. And no boys. And I was like, babe, you're 14. You've got your whole life to be disappointed. Yeah. Why do we need to... Why? (laughs) Don't rush. You have years for boys to disappoint you in ways that you could never even imagine. Oh, God, poor everybody. You know what? I'm coming over to your dark side. Why do we even bother? With what? Relationships, romance, What I'm just love. saying, she's 14. I know. Well, and her mom also points out that, like, her focus is much more on, like, her girlfriends, which is so great. And it should be. I know we have some young people that listen to this podcast. Probably too young. Stay in school. <laughs> yeah. Don't do drugs. Go I'm... kiss your girlfriends, not the boys. Oh, God. See, here you go trying to make everybody a lesbian. Okay. Well, there you go. But over those next few months in early 2000. Francine begins to notice a change in her daughter. We started seeing her grades decrease, and that was unlike Chioma, never having bad grades in her entire life. Her grades start going down. At first, Francine is confused by this sudden drop in Chioma's grades. Then she hears from Chioma's soccer coach, who tells her about an incident involving an older boy named Andrew Joshua Tafoya. Chioma's grades start to drop a bit. She started acting a little bit different and down bitch Mama Francine is, of course, confused. I don't understand this story. You have to explain the story to me. Okay. Uh, well, tell me when you get confused. She okay. gets a call from a soccer coach. <laughs> that part I'm with you. I got that part. Okay. I, I, I followed that. I know words are hard for you, babe. I'm here for you. 
But the soccer coach tells her that some kid had taken Chioma on a dark field while the varsity game was going on. Does that mean like they were watching the game and they like some boy took her to like a different field that was dark while the varsity game was happening? They were like making out. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think they just I didn't want to say a, that. Yeah. I got a little caught up in the logistics. So we're talking about a person named Andrew Joshua Tafoya. But for all intents and purposes here, we're going to call him Tafoya because yeah. that's generally how they talk about him in the episode. That's how they say his name. But, he, this guy sucks. Well, let's, well, well let's I don't be care. clear. I want to say it now. He's not a guy. Oh, yeah. He's a what? A fucking man. He's a man. He's 20 this fucking years old. man went to high school with Chioma's older brother. He was 20. And she was 14. He was 20. Yes. And she was. 14. Okay. Because they're cleaning their kitchens. Yeah. I just want them to like, I want their ears to perk up just, to, you just know so what? they're with us. Can we give them their dance break, their 15 second dance break right now? Because this episode gets real yeah. dark. Jennifer. I like it like that. Uh, I got diamonds. I got liquor. I got something. I got something. I got that. You know that Cardi B song, Jennifer? Okay. Okay. You play so, that. Give them, give them like eight seconds of that, Jennifer, please. I'm a district in the chain. Mama Francine. Hang on, before we go any further, people, I have, yeah, I have so people really take us up on the dance break, which I appreciate. We see it in the Facebook group all the time. If you're on our Instagram, I dance on the way to work yeah. every time I come on my way to work. <laughs> Live, laugh, love, y'all. Dance like nobody is watching, but no, I'm actually watching. Ellen's always watching. I actually go into all of your nest cams at night. <laughs> Think about it. It's all creepy. Is that weird? Then Francine finds out that Tafoya is in fact 20 years old, six years older than Chioma. She realizes she can't simply let this slide. Well, number one, Chioma was a virgin, 14 years old, never had a relationship with even a person her age, and didn't have any information or any knowledge of a relationship with a youngster, let alone an older guy. So, as Ellen said, this guy was friends with one of Chioma's older brothers, and I went, oh, not fucking anymore. Yeah. So, Mama (laughs) Francine, point blank, and this is why me and Mama Francine would probably do drinks one day if I was in the area. She says, that's an inappropriate relationship. And I said, yeah. But wait, let me say this. Christopher, and I know Christopher does not write his own copy. It's not his fault. We're so mad at you, Christopher. We haven't figured out why, but we're mad at you. Yeah, we're like preemptively mad. We'll, We'll get there eventually. But we, he says, apparently... Tafoya had recently noticed his friend's little sister and was captivated by her beauty. That is a completely inappropriate thing for ID to have written for our dear friend Christopher to say. One of the notes we get all the time is like, you can't say kitty porn or child pornography. It's child abuse. Yeah. And this is what this is. She's 14 years old yeah. and he is 20 years old. Everything that happens in this episode is fucking child abuse. Even though we did it at the top, let's stop talking about like her beauty as yes. though like he knew he shouldn't, but she was just so beautiful he couldn't help himself. Yes. Yes. I hear you on that. Totally. So, down bitch mama Francine, listen, this is my woman. Like, she wastes no time in calling Tafoya. Yeah. She is not messing around. She's not telling her daughter to stop. She's telling the adult in the situation exactly. to stop. And she's saying, you leave my daughter alone. You are the an fuck, adult. The fuck. She, you leave my daughter the yeah, fuck alone. The fuck you will. <laughs> the fuck you say. So because 
you know, Chioma was dutiful and a good student. She basically was like, I think this is the end of the conversation because my daughter always does what she's told. And, and I've had this conversation. I've told them it's not appropriate. So I assume they will listen. Maybe it's just because we're here and I just, we're watching an episode of it. I'm like, oh, Mama Francine, like, what do you do? I was just thinking like, this is just the nightmare. Like you have a kid who is a really good kid who like normally listens to you, but like, isn't listening to you on this one very important fucking thing and what do you do Mama Francine does everything right in this episode so she so just a little side goog for you all age of consent where they were in California is 18 she's 14 years old I know in some states it's 17 and 16 I'm looking at you Alabama Alaska Arkansas (laughs) Connecticut Georgia Hawaii Indiana Iowa Kansas Maine Maryland Massachusetts Michigan Minnesota Mississippi Montana Nebraska Nevada New Hampshire New Jersey New Mexico North Carolina Ohio Oklahoma Pennsylvania and Rhode Island Uh, you said some states that sounds like most states. It feels almost Those, like California is the only one that got it right. Well, there's about 30 that have the age of consent at 16 or 17. Would oh. you believe that? I did not know that. Oh, I mean, Anyway, yeah. looking at you, if you guys want to slide into my DMs, go ahead, state of Nevada. <laughs> I can't wait. Francine is driving by Buena High School when she decides to stop in for an impromptu lunch with her daughter. But Chioma is nowhere to be found. So Francine calls her on her cell phone. And I said, Chioma, I'm at the school. Where are you? And she said, oh, I went across the street to have lunch. Well, I said, I'll be right there. Well, I went to six different locations as I crossed the street. In each location, there was no Chioma. But so, you know, Mama Francine's had the talk with her daughter and with this Tafoya nightmare person. She thinks everyone's going to listen to them. And then March of 2007, we're told Mama Francine is driving by the high school when she decides to stop in for an impromptu lunch with her daughter. To which I said, is that a thing? Yeah. Is it just, what, can you imagine, if my mother, my as mom much used like, to sometimes like bring us like McDonald's or something. But like, like she would just show up at lunchtime with lunch and then hang out with you and your no, friends. No, not hang out. I don't know. But It seems like Mama Francine like had a hanker for a chicken sandwich. I knew that the local high school had the best one. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> so let me just get into this. Down bitch Mama Francine calls Chioma and Chioma was like, oh, hey, mom. Well, I'm- you have to explain that she wasn't there. Can I? She gets to the high school. Right. Okay. She calls her and she says, oh, mom, I'm not at the high school. I'm across the street. Now, to be clear, Mama Francine. <laughs> if you guys Francine, could have seen the look on Ellen's face. <laughs> Mama Francine is unfuckwithable. Yes. Okay? Yes. That's yes. It. I yeah. don't know if that's a word, but I just made yeah. it up. She is not here for your games, your nonsense, your excuses, your yeah. stories, your side eye. She's not here for any of it. She Olivia Pope's this bullshit. And she's like, <laughs> all right, cool. She swings by Every place across the street, she went to every establishment. She went to the deli, to the pizzeria, to the soup oh, shop, to the like Panera, a- to the Donut Planet. She went everywhere, and she's like, "Hey, bitch, <laughs> I just went across the street. You're not there. Where are you at, girl? I love that it's like the world's most killer strip mall. Like, there's six places where she could be having lunch across the street. Across the street. I love that the people who own the strip mall were like, "That's a high school. Yeah, and we have a strip." We're putting all dollar pizza joints yeah, here. I Every last wait. one of them. So Mama Francine, she is not here for anyone's fucking reindeer games. She walks back across the street, up 
pulls a car. It's Tafoya's car, and Chioma gets out of the car. Which is so, like, that move by Chioma and Tafoya felt very aggressive to me. Like, we're just going to admit that we're spending fucking time together now. And Mama Francine is like, it's very clear that she's like, she's not skipping lunch to hang out with him. She's right. skipping school altogether. Right, and all the pieces come together. She's like, grades dropping. Yes. She's acting weird. Okay, cool. So, Tafoya, let's have another chat. Why don't you come over to my house this time? Because clearly that phone call didn't really set you straight, my friend. The next thing is I called Andrew and I told him to please come to my residence. And he showed up with his mother, Sally. Francine tries to explain to Tafoya and his mother why she is so upset. And I said, didn't you know that my child is 14 years old and is a minor and your son is an adult? According to Francine, Tafoya's mother, Sally Winter, says she thought Chioma was 19. Francine finds that hard to believe. Tafoya's mom is a woman named Sally, and everyone is there to, like, defend Tafoya's actions. And so the mom, like, Francine is like, girl, your son is stooping my fucking 14-year-old daughter. And Sally's all, I thought she was 19. Bitch, I wish the fuck you would! What? She does. She looks like a 12-year-old. Who told you she was 19? But also Sally, Tafoya, now that you know, can you end this? No. And then Tafoya says, again, you heard my rant about her being unfuckwithable, right? Yes, yeah. You just don't fuck with this woman. Just wait. Yeah. Tafoya looks her dead in her eyeballs and says, actually, this isn't just a fling. I'm in love with her. I am in love with Chioma. All I could think about this whole time was abducted in plain sight, where that <gasps> old man across the street, he justified his raping of this young girl by saying that he was in love with her. Like, that's how he justified it to him in his own mind. And Tafoya's not the same age as B from Abducted in Plain Sight, but, like, you're a fucking adult and she's 14 years old. And how does Tafoya's own mother, who's standing next to him when he says this to Francine, how is she not smacking him upside the head? Yeah. And And I'm not advocating beating your children. I am advocating beating your fucking grown-ass adult children. Yeah, he's a man. Yeah. So, Mama Francine scene was like, that's all well and good that We're you love her. Real mad. Oh, I this this one sent me. So Mama Francine was like, great. I'm super happy to f- hear that you have those feelings. Thank you for your honesty. I told you to stay away from her. A 14-year-old is not mentally or emotionally equipped to deal with those kinds of decisions. So or I am legally the- allowed to make those decisions. Right. I'm the decision maker. Mm-hmm. Stop looking at her. I get that you love her. I, so look at me. Because yeah. I'm the only one that matters in this decision yeah. Making yeah, process. Yeah. Listen, I do believe that a 14-year-old knows what love is. Or, or theoretically right. can understand But it. the difference between love and infatuation is something I am very excited to learn <laughs> at, at a very, very soon. She takes Chioma to the Ventura Police Department and asks for a medical examination and a DNA test of Chioma's underwear to find out once and for all if Chioma has been having sex with Tafoya. In March of 2007, Francine Black came to the Ventura Police Department to report her daughter Chioma was involved in a possible sexual relationship with uh, Josh Tafoya. The results came back for Joshua Tafoya. He was having unlawful sexual intercourse with my daughter. She takes Chioma to the fucking cops. She, like, gets Chioma in the car by the ear, I'm assuming, to see if there's any evidence that she and Tafoya have been having sex. Which I probably would not have done. (laughs) But I understand. 
understand. This is what I understand. I understand Mama Francine being in a mental place of not having any control because this is a 20-year-old man. And listen, they're going to do what they want to do. Yeah. Now, she realizes I've already asked him nicely on the phone. I've asked him to his face. I asked his mother. mother. And so now I guess I have to get the law involved. Because she's like, what she's saying is legally he's not allowed to have sex with my daughter. So if I can prove that he is, then I can like have something happen to him where they are legally separated from each other. You know, that that was the only really hard part for me. And I get it. You know, you I'm on her side 100%. Your child space and privileges and trust. And then if it's misused and abused, it seems a little traumatic. Yeah. And I don't want to put that on anyone. But I don't think she's doing it for her daughter. I think she's doing it for him. Yes. yes, She's doing it to get him arrested for raping her daughter. Right. I mean, listen, we are all out here doing our fucking best every Except day. We are trying to keep it all together. I mean, <laughs> that was the only thing. Yes, you were right. She is doing it for him because obviously she is a woman. She can't keep a, tw- what's she going to do? Physically keep a 20-year-old I mean, nobody, man nobody down? Nobody can. You know what I mean? Like, And we're all just, you know, how old were you when you figured out that your parents were just fucking guessing? Uh, <laughs> It wasn't until I had a kid that yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, you've yeah. never had a plan. No. You didn't know what, you, okay. <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. We're all just guessing here. So the results come back, and it to quote Francine, it does turn out that Tafoya was having unlawful sexual intercourse with my daughter. And, and so Tafoya's fucking arrested he's and arre- good. And I, yeah, I wrote as it fucking should be. So he took a plea deal. He got one count of unlawful sex. And what he got was six months of work furlough, which is basically... He you can- have more experience with like the criminal justice system. I didn't really know what that was. I bet you do. Yeah, because I was abused by some men. <laughs> You want me to take down the room? How fast How fast can you suck the air out of a room? Is that a challenge? Because I'll win every time, oh, baby. Okay. Boxing gloves on. Me and Sugar Ray, let's go. You want to dance? I'll dance, baby. Bitch, I got an attitude. Bitch, I got an attitude. Bitch, I got an attitude. You know what? You, you make a good point about that joke. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Are we, are we good? Yeah, we're good. We're better now. You want to fuck it up a little more? Or you want to just... You, you just want to take your cake and go home with a little to-go box. What I'm gonna, do you think? I'm going to see myself out. Yeah. yeah. Love you. Yeah, great. Bye. <laughs> so he got six months of work furlough. Side so note, I didn't know what it was either. No, they he, do explain it to us eventually. He gets to maintain a job, but I guess, and I don't know, are we allowed to use this word? He sort of stays in like a halfway house. Yeah, he's sent to a place. Yeah. It's not a prison. Right. But he has to stay there all the like time. Like a man's home, like a halfway yeah. house. Yeah, and he's allowed to like leave to go to work and then he has to come back and he has to stay there for six months. So down bitch Mama Francine, like I would be, she is none too pleased no. with this <laughs> With all. this arrangement? Yeah, she yeah. wanted more time and she wanted Megan's Law to be set into place. And Megan's Law was created in response to the 1994 murder of Megan Nicole Kanka, which was in New Jersey. And it just makes sex offenders required to uh, register with the state. Yeah. yeah and there, we're told that this doesn't like that's not going to happen in this right. case because the California's version of Megan's Law is different to which I said, why we got different versions of the law? Well, because the way that they explained it was he was in a, an unlawful relationship. He didn't attack her or attack other people because ultimately it all came down to the fact that he said he 
was in love with her, which I... And the cops, so then, right, because it cuts to the cops, and the cops are like, well, they basically are saying we didn't want to ruin this guy's life. We didn't think he was a threat to other women. Like, they're saying, without saying, we just thought he was a threat to this one young girl because, like, he told us that he was in love with her, and we were convinced of that. And I was like, that should be more scary and not less scary. Yeah. The fact that he convinced you that he was in love with a 14-year-old should make you feel worse about him and not fucking better. Why don't you know that? I just love Mama Francine. She was just kind of like, well, what about murder? And we're like, wait, are we talking about... She's like, I don't know. I just think he should get more time. What about armed robbery? He should have gotten more time. Like, I'm with Mama Francine on this 100%. He should have been, like, technically and legally raping this little girl. Like, lock him up and throw away the fucking key. We're at a 16, and we're not even to the craziest part. Okay. Truly, everyone, get a sandwich. You know what? It's a good time for a sandwich, yeah. Stop cleaning. Yeah, Sit down for a minute. Put your feet up. Yeah, okay, you loves? Your kitchen is fine. Your kitchen is fine. Yeah, it's fine. Everything is done. Yeah. Take a load off. You're going to need to be sitting for the rest of this okay, episode. Just for the red. Yeah. And if you're not ready, that's fine. Come back to us. We'll still be here. Okay. Thursday morning begins like any other as Shioma gets ready for school and says goodbye to her mother. At three, Chioma's brother Paul goes to pick up Chioma at school. But Chioma is not there. I received a phone call at around 3.15, and Paul says to me, Mom, Chioma is nowhere in sight. And I looked over to my daughter, and I said, I wonder if Andrew got out of work furlough today. So for the time being, while Tafoya is away doing this work furlough, Chioma has seemingly resumed her previous self. She's, yes. You know, her grades have come back up. She's her happy, cheerful self. And then December 13th, 2007 rolls along. Yeah, he'd been working at an Acura dealership. That was where he was working during his, his work furlough. Now, here's the thing. For everybody in this episode who seems to be pretty on top of it, like Mama Francine, nobody had written down on a calendar the day his work furlough was going to end. And I feel like everybody had that date, but nobody wrote it down. Yeah. And so that day after school, I'm putting school in air quotes, you just can't see it. Yeah. Brother Paul goes to pick her up like he always did. And no Chioma. Then Mama Francine is like, huh, that's, wait a second. Um, Do you think that it's Tafoya's furlough? And her like, other, his, like his release date like, from like the his furlough. release date. And her other daughter's like, mom, stop being dramatic. And then she's like, oh, no, wait, it has fucking been six months. Yeah. Fuck. Why did nobody write that down? Why did nobody write that down? That just seems, it's like the one oversight, I don't know, the cops don't know when it is, the mom doesn't know when the it is. The only thing I can think about is, like, maybe when does the six months start? Uh-huh. You know, like, if you uh-huh. had, like, a trial on a Friday and the furlough starts on the two, like, you know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah, it doesn't seem like anybody even really knew what month it was going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> you know or what, I mean? what a furlough was. <laughs> so, Mama Francine, she aced down Bitch University. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. So, she goes to the high school. She's like, hey, hey, hey. Can you guys pull up the surveillance? Yeah. She looks at the surveillance. Then she hops on a flight to Breckenridge, calls the Ventura police from there. Because she's like, this is where I hear this shit happens. Yeah. For any new listener, she didn't actually do that. But go back and listen to episode 11 about Scoops Daniel. And they're like, ma'am, this is Colorado. Anyway, I made that part up. The point is... Refer to my previous statements. Mama Francine has her fuck bucket and she is not playing around. She's like, pull up that surveillance. Yeah. Tafoya's car pulled into the high school in the morning. Yeah. 
picked her up. Well, we didn't well, see we him didn't pick, pick her up. up. Yeah, but she never, school. she never like signed into school. She never went to school that yeah. day. And they're but, like, okay, so, where did she go? But for all of us, we're like, oh shit, like they'd been planning this and she got in his car. Mama Francine, she's like not so fast. No. She's like, no one saw my daughter get into that car. We don't know if she was pulled in, if she was coerced. We don't know how because she left that morning with just her backpack. Right. She didn't have any other shit with her. Francine now worries that Tafoya has abducted her daughter. So she notifies the Ventura police. Chioma didn't take anything with her. And I know, Chioma. Chioma did not leave on her own. This was not a plan of Chioma's. Then, the dealership offers police a crucial piece of information. They conducted an inventory of the vehicles at the location at a request, and they located an Acura was missing. So the police called Tafoya's family and work, and they're like, you know what? Actually, yeah. He was released from that work furlough last night at midnight. And also the Acura dealership is like, oh, and by the way, we're missing a car. Anyone seen that car? There's just one car missing when that guy left. I don't know. That can't, I don't think that's related. No, but there's a missing car. And like a kidnapped girl. Like, it seems like this Acura dealership isn't keeping close inventory on their stock. How do you just miss a car? I'm like an Acura. It's an Automobile. I <laughs> like I could have sworn there was one of those automobiles here. So the cops put the license plate into the whatever the system is because we learned that this is all happening so close to the Mexican border, about five hours away. They're afraid that Tafoya either kidnapped her or she went willingly, but she can't go willingly because she's underage. So this is a kidnapping, no matter what. And I don't know if anybody knows this, but if they did go to Mexico, yeah. It's not good. It's not good, but we we are told that this system that they put the license plate into, there are cameras that pick up every license plate going into and coming out of the country. Did they, though? So I got a lot to say when we get there. Okay. So they immediately file a warrant for his arrest. Now they also have him on a stolen vehicle. Stolen vehicle and kidnapping. Now the license plate doesn't ding the database that crosses the Mexican border at 1.20 p.m. Mama Francine is a fucking wreck. But so am I, because I'm saying we learned that like there was a hit on the license plate going into Mexico and I was like why did it take the cops five hours to figure that out? Why do we have this system if it doesn't do anything? Like if it only tells us that they went in, you would think that when it dings the license plate, something in the computer would say, as that guy's driving through the checkpoint, stop that guy. Yeah, I don't know. But then what's the point of it? Yeah. Just to say because we get ten minutes of how if they cross into Mexico we'll never find them. So it's just to let us know that while they were here but we'll never see them again. They're for sure in a whole country of Mexico. Now, you don't get the title of down bitch just willy-nilly. Yeah. It doesn't go to just anyone. No. So let's find out what Mama Francine does. So Mama Francine was like, basically, you guys aren't working hard enough. And I get that. Yeah. Because if something were to happen to me, I would expect the entire police force to retire all other cases that they happen to be working on and only focus on me and my problems. So I get it. So, I mean, it's not realistic. We're going to get one cop on this. No, it's Ellen Marshall. Oh, the hot one? Uh, <laughs> With the jugs? Okay, everyone, boys, circle up. Circle up. <laughs> She's the hot, well, the one with the little body, but the boobs? Oh, my God. Everyone in the conference room. Bring a jacket. She's going to be chilly <laughs> wherever she is. I took it upon myself to contact the American consulate and the Mexican embassy. And I drove to San Diego, parked my car, walked across the border, and it took me two days of going back and forth to file the missing persons report. 
But in the last week since Chioma drove off with Tafoya, there is no sign of the couple on either side of the border. I think Francine's amazing, but she did drive to the border and then just walk across it. She, it was, she was like, this traffic! I can't with this traffic! You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to walk! I'm walking! Like, she's just like, I I can't. It is 5 o'clock traffic. It's rush hour. There's always rush hour coming in and out of Mexico yeah, at that always, time. always, always. So, walking's fast. It's just like, you got to know, sometimes you got to uh-huh. take the subway to JFK. Don't wait. Sometimes it's just faster to take the subway. You got to know that. Mama Francine, no. I'm leaving my car. Whoever wants in, let's go. Patrick Hines is always taking a car to JFK. Even if that's too early, he's not taking the fucking subway. So three months pass. Now the FBI is on this case. <laughs> now again, Mama Francine. <laughs> she's like. What is funny about this? She wants to speak to the supervisor yeah. of the FBI. I, she's like, she not only in. is the police not doing a good job, neither is the FBI. Can I talk to the manager? She walks into the FBI and asks for the manager. I feel like Mama Francine yeah, she's always has background music. She's like, bow, 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 bow. She's oh like, my nice God. The manager, and then like the music stops. And then they're like, she's in that room. And the music goes, bow. But bow now. That's bow. the thing. I'm singing my music. Oh. Bow. Okay. Bow now. Okay. Bow. okay. Right. You're not letting me go on this journey. Okay. But the thing is, she gets the manager. Like, she talks to one lady and she's like, oh, you know what? You are actually going to need the manager. Let me go get her for you. Bow. Bow now. Bow. Bow. Bow now. She is such a down bitch. It's it's amazing. I need to send her a t-shirt. But according to Francine, before she can get an update on the FBI's investigation, the supervisor makes a grim declaration. Mrs. Black, I believe that she almost did. The FBI contends they never made such a strong statement. But they did request a DNA sample from Francine, which may have led her to the worst possible conclusion. So the FBI, the FBI then says, "This is not what we said." Yeah, right. The FBI today <laughs> is like, oh, "We never actually said that." Yes, we did say we need some of your of your DNA in case we need to identify a body. And again, Mama Francine is me. They're like, "Yeah." They probably like, so we're gonna need some DNA. Why is she dead? <laughs> right. Is that what you're telling me? That's me. Yeah. It's yeah. Co- I can Sinead fan kick to some conclusions. You know what I mean? I've seen I'm you not, do it in real time. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. glissade jeté to some conclusions. <laughs> I'm not going to just jump, you know? Any dancers in the house? Now we're in June 2008, and the cops are doing this very morbid thing where they are scouring, like, coroner's websites all through Mexico. Remember, we think she's in Mexico. And they're, like, looking for, like, I guess in Mexico, these coroners put images of unidentified bodies on the Internet so people can, like, look for their missing loved ones. And they Oof. they find a body that they think is a match. Like, it would be a match for age, ethnicity, facial structure. And the body had been burned. Yeah. Like, it was a charred body. To be the police officer who's got to go through that stuff, holy shit. Remember Samantha Bunnell? Remember her no. mom? Of course. Right. Um, so <laughs> not, not out of disrespect, we've covered f- almost six seasons of this thing. How do I remember and you don't, though? I mean, I have an answer, but I'm not going to say it, because it's mean. What? <laughs> I just have more going on. <laughs> you're not busier than me. Oh, yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes. You don't I'm know not what saying my... I'm cooler, or that I have more friends, or that my life is better but I am for sure busier than you. You're not. Anyway, so 
It's August 2008. Mama Francine is freaked out. They're waiting to see if this is Chioma, and she gets another tip about a sighting. Well, now, that's great because, it, like, if this sighting is real, then her daughter's not dead. Right. So, did you did you just say it better than me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm just did the did the middle of my sentence no, interrupt the no? It was the of... it was the lack of clarification that needed to be corrected. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So you just wanted to mansplain over me real fast, mm, if, if that's what it takes. Okay. You know Great. I mean? Thank yeah. you so much. You're just see how that lands with everyone. <laughs> so it's They're cleaning their kitchen. They need more direction and instruction than you're giving them sometimes. Oh, now you're talking down to them. <laughs> no, their oh, kitchens are gorgeous. Do you know we have rocket scientists that listen to this? We learned rocket that we learned scientists. that in Philadelphia I where was, I was like, oh shit. Yeah, we have like legit smart people. I know. There was a part where you were pointing to something and you said, What is that organ? And someone was like, You're small and Intestines, duh. They were a surgeon. <laughs> it's true. We attract the smarties. Three months after Chioma's disappearance in Acapulco, Mexico, when a tourist sat down at a local restaurant and struck up a conversation with a young waitress who appeared to be American. And she was serving this tourist, and she was very friendly. And the lady that she was serving, they seemed to have a pretty good relationship and bonded very quickly. And the lady asked her her name, and she said, my name is Chioma. So they get this tip, and it comes from Acapulco, Mexico in March Which is not a word I can spell. Acapulco? Yeah. Cannot spell it. Okay. Um, so it was a tourist, and the tourist was being served by a young American woman. They had a good chat. This is weird what happens next. Yeah. And she's like, huh, weird name. When I, I talk to everybody. Yeah. When I leave the establishment that I'm talking to, yeah. I don't think about you again. No, this is real. I'm not being creepy, even though what I'm saying is creepy. Like, if I meet, like, a hot waiter and we talk for 20 minutes and they're sweet, will I try to find them on Instagram for shirtless selfies? Yes, I will. Okay. You know what I mean? But, like, this is You a, acknowledge that's super creepy. I do, but it's also, like, a thing that, like, a lot of gays do. Gays back me up. So you're just blaming it on your sexual orientation. Okay, yes, great, yeah. great, great. But the point is, this lady, this American woman who had, like, been chatting up her very young server, right. goes on the internet to, like, learn more about her. That's weird. Yeah. I thought that was weird. I mean, listen, whatever, it happened, and she looked her up and found out she was missing, and that woman called the FBI and reported it. So something felt weird, you know, if your gut tells you something, listen to that bitch, and, and she did. The thing about this that's, like, we, like we, maybe we should save this for the end, but, like, this is real. <laughs> that was really Chioma, yeah. you guys. And the thing is, like, Chioma's, like, living in Mexico, and, like, with her weird, old-ass pedophile boyfriend, and that's a real thing, I'm not making a joke, and I'm like, you're not even using a fake name. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially Chioma. Chioma. Yeah. yeah. So now a year passes. It's November 2009. No word from any of them. And Mama Francine is chatting with her friend. I know. Can you imagine With that? all those really reliable tips yes, as well. Yes, But I think that's probably what kept her going, that she never actually believed that she was dead. Yeah, I guess so. I cannot imagine what these people are going through. So Mama Francine is chatting with her old friend Chuck Hostra about this story. And he's like, hey, don't you remember I'm a PI? And she's like, you don't say. And he was like, yeah, do you want me to take this 
case, I'll do it for free. So, Chuck... Can I just interrupt you to say one thing? Like, they're old friends, but he doesn't know that she has a missing daughter. Like, he learns in the conversation where he asks if she wants help. Like, he's just finding out about this. Maybe they... I mean, 2007, they didn't have Facebook. They probably hadn't chatted for a while. And he's like, how's your daughter? She's like, oh, shit, forgot to tell you. Turns out... She missing. She missing. That's, and a, then, that's a weird piece of information. Yeah, and they're, and they're like, missing, missing? She's like, yeah, for like a year, Chuck. And then he was like, turns out... This is this is so weird. Yeah. Did you know I'm a PI? No. No. Chuck's first order of business is to travel to Acapulco to follow up on the sighting. I started canvassing the waterfront with flyers. Then Chuck stumbles onto an incredible lead. He meets someone who says she worked with Chioma and knows Tafoya too. And I learned that they um, had been working on Roquetta Island. People I interviewed said that they seemed to, they, they seemed to be a couple. So Chuck, Chuck being Chuck, Chuck takes a <laughs> oh you know Chuck, right. he takes a crash course in Downbeach University yeah. and flies to Acapulco <laughs> to follow up on that sighting. The way you said that with your eyes, what you like took a crash course at Downbeach University. That's what he's got to do. She's like, wait. Do you have your diploma? He's like, I took all the classes, but I didn't pass the test. You yeah. gotta pass the test first. Real quick, Chuck. So Chuck is down there. Listen, we're gonna find out these people are hiding in Mexico and they're not doing a very good job, especially with the names Chioma and Tafoya. So Chuck, <laughs> That's a very good Chuck point. meets someone and they're like, no, I know Chioma. It's not right. like Dick and Jane. No, but the thing is, like, all of these sightings and all of these people that all of these, like, people that are looking for them, all of these people that are looking for Chioma and Tafoya, right? They encounter all of these people who know them, and these sightings are real. These people yeah. really do know them, yet... P.I. Chuck can't find, no nope. one can find them. No one can find them. So he gets word that they had left Mexico because Chioma was pregnant and didn't want to have the baby in Mexico. Yeah. So again, Chuck ticking off his DB boxes. Ch- Chuck being Chuck. Ch- Chuck being, you know Chuck. You know Chuck. Chuck, you know, Chuck can always get a table. <laughs> Wherever you go, whatever, I, he always knows the hostess. You, you know Chuck. He's so funny. That so guy. Charming. Yeah, he's so good at so pool. Charmer. Yeah. Oh, I love that guy. Uh, where is he? Are you on cocaine today? <laughs> what did you do? Co like crystal meth before you got here? <laughs> my brother, when we went to San Francisco, my brother is like you. He goes to bed at eight and wakes yeah. up at four. Yeah, and he goes, "What time's the show?" And I said eight, and he said, "What am I on cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> what time's it gonna be over?" And like go, 815, Joe. I was like 930. He's like, what am I, Charlie Sheen? <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> anyway. Joe could not get out of there fast enough after the show either. Because we were inviting everyone to go out for drinks. And Joe was like like not saying yeah, anything. Joe and then just left. One of the people that he came with was like, oh, if you want to go out for drinks with them, I can get another ride home. No, 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 no. That's fine. Nope. 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 You I'm, need a ride nope. home and you, I will take I you. I committed to that. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uber? What are you going to do? Summon a stranger? <laughs> Absolutely not. So anyway, down the show, are you on cocaine? Like, what, you, what is going on? I don't even think you've looked at your notes. You internalized the story to a degree I've never seen before. It's really upsetting. <laughs> I also, I did a lot of side research that's unnecessary. <laughs> you are just on a different planet today. Uh, so Chuck You're calls- doing some great storytelling, though, if I'm being honest. Doing some really good story. You're getting some good work done over there. Oh, uh, Chuck calls all the hospitals all over the country <laughs> to see if 
Is anyone listening? I know. <laughs> Whatever the circumstances, her co-workers say Chioma and Tafoya had left the area several months earlier. The reason they left Mexico, according to several acquaintances, was because Chioma was pregnant and wanted to have the baby in the U.S. To Chuck, the story sounds plausible. I really thought that she'd come back to have the baby. Chuck starts calling hospitals all over the country, putting out feelers for Chioma or Tafoya. He calls all the hospitals to see if anyone fitting their description and name had come in to have a baby. Nah. But all over this country, like, because he learned that she wanted to come back to have the baby. So what do you do? There's a lot of states. It, but uh, honestly, if it were me, I would do what Chuck did. I would call every they fucking just, hospital he, in the like, country. hello? Yeah. No, it's it's Chioma. It's yeah. Chioma. But also, can like... C-H-Chioma. I don't think you can just give that information out. You know what I mean? I you can. I think they can tell you if someone is in the hospital. I don't think they can tell you how, when, or you know what I mean? I like, guess. If I call and say, is Patrick Hines there? I think they can say you are there. Yeah. M- yeah, maybe. I guess I so. I think that's the only information they're allowed to give. So, nothing comes of that. It's December 10th, 2000, De- December 2010. Chuck and Francine are contacted by a random lawyer in Minnesota. A random Chuck and Francine are Are you okay? Jennifer, I think that she's not going to make it. I don't think you're going to make it through this recording. Chuck and Francine are contacted by a random lawyer in Montana. What's in Montana, babe? Stonehenge? No, Stonehenge is in Scotland. No, it's, no, it's not. in England. Stonehenge is in England. <laughs> it starts with a W. Work, Workham, England. Do you know that's the oldest? Are we doing we're doing this? Okay. Okay. <laughs> what's in What's in Montana? I was gonna say like Mount. What's the mountain with the faces of the presidents? Is that That's it? That's in South Dakota. You idiot. <laughs> in Montana? I don't know. Do you show up here? Tell ever? me what's in Montana. The Rob Marshall Forest. <laughs> I think it's called the Rob Marshall Wilderness. Are you okay? <laughs> don't you give me an. Are you gonna have an Are you okay off? I'm gonna do. Is that what we're doing in this episode? But are you okay? But are you? A, are you okay? Are you okay? Oh, are you okay? Are you okay? Oh. <laughs> anyway. So this lawyer, she's a woman. Her name is Chris. Chris Armenta. Uh, down bitch lawyer. Down bitch lawyer. She says it nicely, but she does not think that Chuck and Francine are working hard enough. And also, this is my favorite part. She swears up and down on a stack of Bibles that Tafoya's family yeah. knows where they are and moreover is financially helping them out. Because remember Mama Sally or whatever Tafoya's stupid mother's the name was? I thought she was 19. 19. Bitch. She looks like she's eight. She's yeah. a fucking babysitter. Yeah. She looks like she's eight years old. And the thing about this lawyer is that she's got a strategy. Law enforcement has a lot of tools available to it, but not everything. So for instance, law enforcement will not necessarily have subpoena power. But once a civil lawsuit is filed, you can have subpoena power. To obtain the power to subpoena the Tafoya family's financial records, Armenta begins preparing civil actions of aiding and abetting Tafoya's custodial interference. If Tafoya's family is indeed sending money to Tafoya in Mexico, Armenta should be able to confirm it 
by the end of the year. So she wants to sue them in civil court, which would give her subpoena power to get the financial records to see if they're sending fucking money to Mexico. This woman is actually brilliant. It's brilliant, actually. So February 17th, 2011. Now, this is three years have now passed since that morning that Mama Francine never saw her again. A TV show aired about the case. Tips pour in. They're all false leads except for one. And guess what? It only takes one. Yeah, it's a Decatur, Georgia. Like, that very day the show aired, he had seen Tafoya and Chioma, like, on the street. She was carrying a 14-month-old baby. Uh, Yes? Can we stop with the months? I know. <laughs> she was carrying a one-year-old and change. A, a one-year-old Can, don't and say change. That. Don't say yes. that. Don't say that. Yes. And so this witness is saying that, like, Tafoya hustled her into a car. And so, like, Chuck calls the local cops, but they find nothing. And, like, I'll just tell you now, this lead ends up being wrong. So it's August 28th, 2011. Chris Armenta, the lawyer, files the civil suit, and Mama Francine gets a call one day out of the blue. It's she- that very day. It's the day that the lawsuit was filed. Yeah. And she's like... Hey, what's up? And she's like, who's this? And the caller says, it's Tafoya. It was about two o'clock on September 1st, 2011. I said, who's calling? He said, this is Josh. Josh Tafoya. Where's Shioma? She's fine. Yeah? Yeah, no, I promise you she's fine. Francine can't really believe what she's hearing. He said, you need to come to Mexico and pick your daughter up. I mean, she's losing her fucking mind. Can you imagine three years later? Yeah, and Tafoya's like, she's fine, she's fine. However, you need to come to Mexico and pick your daughter up. When you find out what happens in this case, none of this makes any fucking sense. So it's September 2011. Let me just say that, like, Francine is saying now that she believes the only reason that call was made is because the lawsuit hit and Tafoya's parents, who were probably sending them money in Mexico, knew they were about to get blown up. And, like, Tafoya's mom was like, okay, bitch, it is time to get that girl back to the United States. We're getting sued. Right. And she's like, oh, you're calling because we subpoenaed you. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, It's right. all going to come it. out anyway, so maybe if we do it this way, we can avoid the lawsuit. Right. So Francine is just saying to him that she wants to talk to her daughter, and he's like, oh, she's not with me. Also, there's no phone number or address where she is, but I'll call you back tomorrow with all of that information. And then, of course, he never does. Shocker, he yeah. doesn't. So there was nobody in Georgia. There was no baby. They have just been chilling in Mexico. Mexico this whole time. But then he, like, Tafoya turns himself in. So Tafoya calls the FBI and the U.S. Like, he realized the jig is up. Yeah. He's got to get, like, everything is falling apart. He's got to get back to the United States. And at this point, I'm like, is she still alive? We haven't heard from her. We right. don't know, like, what the deal is. So he calls the FBI and the U.S. Marshals to, like, give up his location outside of Acapulco. And so they send a marshal out there to bring her home safely. So we see this. Yeah. We see her return at the airport. And it is exciting, but it's also confused. Because we don't know what we're is... looking at. We're right. like, does she want to be here? Does she not? And they're asking the same questions in the episode. Like, was she kidnapped and held against her will for three years? Or did she want to be there? Is there a baby? Like, right. was, somebody said she was pregnant. We don't know anything but we are seeing, like, home movie footage of this reunion. Right. Francine still believes that Chioma was abducted. Chioma is totally different. It's not my daughter. She's completely brainwashed. Completely. It's not her. According to her family, however, they are shocked by Chioma's explanation for her disappearance. She says she is in love with Tafoya and that she left with him willingly. Chioma, were you kidnapped? I don't want to discuss it. You don't have to. 
Francine makes no bones about making it very clear that she 100% believes that Chioma was kidnapped and brought to Mexico against her will. And Chioma says she went willingly. But this is all happening in real time yep. at the airport. Yep. So Mama Francine is talking to some camera. Like, this all feels very inappropriate to me. She's like, you Mama Francine. Because, like, they're emotional. But or... it's also just like, can you give it five minutes? Right. Like, it was like, like why are you doing this in front of the right. cameras? Why are you talking to the camera? Why are you talking to the camera where Chioma can hear you? Yeah. And then someone hands Chioma a phone, and Chioma's like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And I was like, just as a family, like, if that were Daisy or Lola, wouldn't you want to, like, do this in the privacy of your own home? Yeah. You know, then it all comes out that, you know, she says they were in a very loving relationship. Mama Francine is having nothing of it. They talk about Stockholm Syndrome, you know, where a captor wants to please the person that they're with, and they kind of, like, have a primal reaction to being, you know, locked up. You know, Belle in Beauty and the Beast. Uh huh. <laughs> the best Stockholm romance of them all. But it seems very much like, look, Chioma was taken when she was 14. So it's three years later. She's now 17. She's been living with it. Like, th- there doesn't seem to be a lot of attempts to, like, understand her mindset. Like, what she's going through. Even if Mama Francine is right and Chioma, like, was brainwashed, it just seems like it's all happening very fast. And the ending is predictable because it's sort of like Chioma moves in with her mother for two days. And then, like, within two days is living with Tafoya's mother. Like, leaves her own family and her own home to go stay with his family because she, like, loves him and still wants to be with him. Right. And it's all really confusing. But one of the best comments of the episode came from down bitch lawyer Chris, who understood the assignment and got extra credit. Uh-huh. She basically was like, it actually doesn't matter what she thinks. Yes. It really doesn't because she's not legally allowed to make those choices. She wasn't so, then and she isn't yeah, now. Like, so when this, she was returned, she was still underage. Exactly. So all of this conversation about, like, what she wanted to do, what uh-huh. she felt, is actually futile because he still broke the law. You know, it is futile legally, but it, it was one of those things where I was like, but if this is the Chioma we're getting and we want to have a relationship yeah. with her, like, we kind of have to meet her where she is. Absolutely. But, I mean, I understand, you know, Chris was very, Chris the lawyer, yeah. was very, very clear that about the age of consent and what consent is. And yeah. unfortunately, you really have no legal aid to stand on. Yeah. Emotionally, yes. I mean, I'm I totally couldn't agree with more. you. Yeah, yeah. So, Tafoya pleads guilty. He gets two years in jail. He only serves 14 months. And are you ready for the update? Yeah. I, this is one of those, you guys, where I know the update because I went down a fucking K-hole with this myself. Tafoya and Chioma are married with two children. All these years later. All these years later. They are very active on social media. Yeah, they have a YouTube they channel where you can follow their adventures. A YouTube channel. They have Facebook pages. They're very active on Instagram. And they, they have, sell Herbalife. And, yeah. Herbalife and, is their job. And Mama Francine, I snooped through all their pictures. Mama yeah. Francine seems to be very much a part of their life. And they have somehow put their life together. Together, reconnected and decided to be a family despite everything probably for the children and probably because they all love each other very much but it should be said that one in five high schoolers experience some kind of dating violence so if you suspect your team may be victim of abuse whether that be physical or emotional of course you as the parent are the most important resource and advisor for your child but if you need any extra support just know that the rape abuse incest national network hotline is always there for you one 
800-656-HOPE. That's 4673. And just always keep reminding your teen or your young person that they deserve a relationship free of manipulation and abuse of any kind. I am happy they are happy and have made it work, but this story is still fucking bananas. Yeah. Say something funny. You know how they got into Mexico with that stolen Acura? How? No, I'm saying you know how that's how they did it. Yeah. Christopher, at the very end of all of this, after everything that we went through, one of the final things Christopher says, there were no charges pressed concerning the Acura. You guys, don't forget, if you want more Ellen and me, join us on the Patreon. Every month you get three full ad-free bonus episodes. You get our monthly trivia, which we just did. And it's super fun over there. It's super fun on the Drama Club. We also have a fantastic Facebook group, the Obsessed with Disappeared Podcast Discussion Group. (laughs) Please also follow us on Instagram. We're at The Disappeared Pod. We have such a fun community. It's really fun. We are constantly posting stories and making you a bigger part of our lives. And uh, you can follow me at Ellen Marsh and you at Patrick Hines underscore also we're on Twitter. I literally don't know what it is. Do you know what it is? Disappeared pod. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew, you guys? We love you so much, and we have lots of announcements coming up very so soon. So many announcements. So stay please posted. follow us on the socials and give us a five-star review on iTunes if you're bored. I said stay posted. That's something Daisy used to say. Stay Aww. posted. It All was right. your little catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I love you. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Mama Francine wastes she she aced down bitch university. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, she, she had, wastes. She huh? She wastes, as you said. Wastes? You said you were gonna say she wasted no time, but you said she wastes. She wasted no time. <laughs> and food. She's always hungry. hungry. Yeah, no, we don't know how she maintains her physical shape. We don't know. She eats a lot. Um, let me, <laughs> hold on. I just know that the icon is on my Twitter. Yeah, because, we have a Twitter. I just don't know what it is. Hold on. We should say it. One second. Our Twitter is... <laughs> it's very clear I in love my head, the song that I'm trying to think of. <laughs> <laughs> 